It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first time in the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that cabbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 806 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, October the 16th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And as always, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tons of stuff out there for the sports fan who likes their team and likes local experts talking about their team every single day. It's a perfect world for sports fans on the Locked On Podcast Network, so go check it out. All right, on today's show, we are continuing our look at the 2019-20 Raptors season. It's been a couple days since we got to it. There were some jersey developments yesterday we had to talk about. There was the podcast with Doug Smith from Tuesday or Wednesday, which you should still go and listen to if you have not yet, because Doug is the best. Uh, And so we're getting back on track with our season in review. And today, we're not talking about a player. We are talking about one Nick Nurse and his performance over the course of his second season in Toronto as he uh, continues to quickly climb the leaderboards uh, of all-time Raptors coaching wins and things like that because, uh, frankly, they've had like two good coaches ever and it's not that uh, difficult a category to climb up in. Either way, Nick Nurse is very good. We're going to talk about Nick Nurse and uh, sort of what he did well this season, what maybe we we left wanting a little bit, and then we have a bunch of listener questions that... You know, typically we save the listener question or questions for the final segment of these review podcasts, but we've got so many good ones that we're going to use the second and third segments of today's show to take your listener questions. Some good ones from actual tactical stuff to, you know, what kind of suit would we most ideally like to see him in and what might he have on a playlist and things like that. Should be quite fun. We'll get to those a little bit later on. But first, let's get to it. We're going to dive in to Nick Nurse and the season that was and uh, what to look for from him going forward and to uh, dive in on dive on in on Nick Nurse and talk all about the Raptors two year head coach now is our pal who has a fresh new microphone, baby. It's Vivek Jacob, who I'm now calling Velvet V after he While we were talking off air, after I said his voice sounded velvety with the new mic, said, oh, I guess you got to call me Velvet V, and of course that's sticking. So Velvet V, what's going on, buddy? (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, it can still be big V, and the V can be for velvet. Uh, Just big velvet, yeah, yeah. There you go. Hell yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, I had to up- upgrade the mic to uh, get my new podcast going. I was like, okay, it's worth the expense now. Um, no offense. <laughs> it, when I was making weekly appearances, it was like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now uh, I think the time has come. And, you know, I can I can plug my podcast later. For now, yeah. we can talk about Nick Nurse and all the wonderful questions that people have sent in and the season he had and how he helped the Raptors beat pretty much everyone's expectations. Yeah, definitely. He uh, he's a very good coach, as it turns out. It did not just have to. Uh, he did not only need to have Kawhi Leonard on his team to be successful, as it turns out. Um, he can pull the strings as well as anybody. Of course, he won Coach of the Year this season, which is probably the place we should start. Um, and that means clearly that he did a lot of very good things as the coach of the Raptors this season. Big V, or sorry, Big Velvet, I should say. Uh, I, I mean, it's gonna take some getting used to getting uh, to having that be your nickname now. But um, <laughs> looking at Nick Nurse's season, what to you stood out as the things or thing that he did the best as he shepherded the Raptors along to a million wins in the shortened season? I think if there's one thing that stood out to me, it would be the fact that he had no let up in terms of a championship standard and setting that right from the get-go. And when I look at the start of the season and when he was just playing seven guys and challenged you know, Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson and Matt Thomas and all the new faces saying, hey, they're not ready to play yet uh, at this organization in this franchise. We play really, really hard. There's a championship level of hard that we play that these guys just don't understand yet. And so they can't be on the court. I think that set the tone for what we saw over the course of the season. At no point did they let up. I think that's why we saw the comebacks that we did. You think about the Dallas game. You think about the Pacers game where they made that late fourth quarter comeback. And then you think about being down 0-2 to Boston and on the verge of 0-3. Obviously, there were a lot of good things that uh, that happened on the court, uh, in particular Kyle Lowry and OG Ananobi. But that mental fortitude that they showed, obviously some of that came with just winning a championship and believing that they're never out of it. Mm-hmm. But I think there were points where if, as the lead man, Nick Nurse kind of lets go of the rope, then that mentality can kind of seep in too. And so the biggest thing I would say is just setting that championship standard right from the get-go and ensuring that this team at no point never let up. And that's why I think we saw them maximize their full potential over the course of the season. Yeah, definitely. I think there could have certainly been maybe the inclination to potentially let up after winning the title and sort of go into this season the same way like fans did, where it was like Hakuna Matata, everything's fine, don't worry if they lose, it's fine, they have the championship, yada, yada, yada. And Nurse was like, "Uh, no, we're going to play our bags off, we're going to uh, make things insanely difficult for every team that comes through or any team we visit. And yeah, there will be nothing handed to anybody, except for Patrick McCaw, I guess. But we can get to that later, maybe. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to guys like Rondé, I mean, like Rondé's whole thing is defense. He literally offers very little else than defense. And for Nick Nurse to call out his defense when asked about it so directly in the preseason, I mean, that was like an eye-opening thing because he never really kind of flashed that stern 
uh, sort of tendency in his first season with the team. It was much more of a sort of calming presence he brought. It was a very sort of cohesive approach, I think, he brought to the team because he kind of had to have it. It was such a difficult situation to come in with the Kawhi uncertainty and the sort of upheaval that the DeMar trade caused and the expectations that were on that team. I don't know if he came in thinking, I got to rock the boat now. Like, he was very sort of steady, and that was great. But this year... You know, he just he kind of like leveled up in terms of the intensity, not only sort of in his talking and dealing with the players, but just in terms of his like demeanor on the sidelines and stuff. I mean, he became even more memeable than he was in the year where he made the best coach meme of all time. He was just like this uh, constantly sort of frenetic presence on the sidelines. And that I think kind of was in imbibed by the Raptors honestly almost it was just like okay our coach is a a crazy psychopath and we're going to be that too Uh, and it just so happens that their crazy psychopath coach is really really good at the like the tactical stuff as well and I think my biggest takeaway from Nurse's season is just that I don't know if we've ever seen a coach in such a short amount of time have such an influence on the way the game is played around the league and I think in particular on defense like Nurse is a trendsetter, man. We saw it in the in the playoffs last year. He ran the box in one. He ran a ton of zones, and he got made fun of for it, but it worked. You know, as much as Steph Curry says that's a high school disrespectful defense, didn't matter at all. He was just like, okay, well, we won a title, so uh, screw you, and it works, and I'm going to keep doing it. And we saw this year, zones were up across the board in the league. We saw the Heat do like and the Heat were always kind of a zone heavy team as well, but you know they kind of ratcheted up as well too. And then I think we saw. The Raptors also kind of pioneer this very sort of on-the-edge style of defense where, yeah, they're going to give up a ton of corner threes. They're going to give up shots that, you know, a lesser defensive team would probably get torched by just because of the shot profile it is that they're allowing. But he was like, well, we can give up those shots, funnel them to the right players, and our defenders are going to scramble so well that it's going to be a thing that we kind of excel at and kind of defy the math on. And look, that requires the Raptors to have excellent defenders like Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi and Marcus Saul and the whole crew. But I think sort of trusting in his guys to play that style and sort of live on the edge that way and really sort of exploit a, a bit of an inefficiency, I think, really was sort of the tale of the Raptors' defense this season. And how many think pieces were written about how revolutionary the Raptors' defense was. You know, you had Mike Prada doing enormous deep dives and sort of trying to understand them defying the math and why it was possible and how it was possible. And then we also saw the star-killing defense as well, where they would just sort of ensure that superstars weren't going to kill them. And very few teams can do that successfully. The Raptors had the horses, obviously, to send those aggressive traps towards the ball and recover and all that stuff. And it obviously backfired time and, you know, you know, from time to time. For example, that Rockets game where they really sold out on James Harden at half court. But for the most part, it really worked. And we saw Damian Lillard and LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and endless stars Jason Tatum really get befuddled by the Raptors defense in a way that, I think other coaches and teams took note and were like, okay, maybe we should just like do what they're doing because it really seems to work. Yeah, no question. And I think that last point you hit on with regards to taking superstars out of it and uh, forcing other players to step up to the plate, that's something that really stood out, right? You think about that James Harden strategy where they went to trapping him at half court and they ended up losing that game. But the uh, Steve Kerr and the Warriors used that. There were other teams that used that. And, and some of those teams were able to pull out the win. And so you mm-hmm. see that uh, 
even if the strategy failed, teams were looking at Nick Nurse and saying, oh, that's interesting. Um, I like what he did there and, and took it. And so, uh, you, you know, you mentioned that West Coast trip. I was looking it up quickly uh, while you spoke about it. There was uh, Dame had nine points on two for 12 shooting uh, when they played the Blazers. Nine points. Dame Lillard. Think about, you know, uh, seeding games MVP Dame Lillard, the one who was going mm-hmm. off for all, uh, you know, buckets in all kinds of ways. And to hold him to single digits, I, I, I know that, that that broke some streak for him as well uh, in terms of his double-digit scoring. And Kawhi had a career-high, career-worst nine turnovers or eight turnovers when the Raptors played him. And LeBron in that first meeting shot five for 15. And then the second time when the Raptors played the Lakers in the bubble, they took Anthony Davis out of it. And so... Mm-hmm. They have so many different ways of attacking a team's best player. And you think about the ways that takes an opponent out of their element. Because so many times you see, you know, with when a superstar gets injured, right? It takes a little while for that team to sort of find a new identity and play without mm-hmm. that player. And in a way, the Raptors do that in-game because they force that superstar into passing the ball off and uh, all these tough decisions that all of a sudden all these players are having to make decisions that they're not accustomed to making. And so mm-hmm. I think that's a huge credit to Nick Nurse. And yeah, man, thoroughly deserving of coach of the year. Obviously he's got a ring on his finger as well. And I'm pretty happy, extremely happy to see him sign that extension. Know mm-hmm. that he's going to be coaching both the Raptors and Team Canada for a while. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Watching uh, Team Canada become fraud exposers on defense is going to be lovely as well. <laughs> Can't wait for him to turn Jamal Murray into like a stalwart on-ball defender. Um, we're going to dive into more of Nick Nurse's second season with the Raptors in the form of listener questions. We have some very good ones. In particular, one on the other side, we're going to get to maybe some ways in which he you know, wasn't amazing in the Boston Celtics series. They obviously saw the Raptors get kicked out of the playoffs. I don't think it was anything that Nick Nurse did that caused the Raptors to lose necessarily, but I'm sure if he could go back and change some things, he would. And the question from our pal Freddie Rivas, uh, past and future guest of the podcast, has all to do with that on the other side of the break. But first, I want to tell people uh, to go check out Locked on MLB. The baseball playoffs are going on right now, and our host Sully over there does a wonderful job breaking down the playoffs and also with some great historical stuff. He did a great episode episode about Joe Morgan after he passed this week um, and some of the racial profiling he faced as uh, a former player in uh, in California back in the 80s. It was a really, really great episode of Locked on MLB. You should go and check that out and check it out all through the MLB playoffs. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, Big V. So let's uh, dive into this question here from Freddie Rivas at Freddie Rivas, our pal from the Confederacy of Dunks podcast. He asks, 
The Raps lost, the Raps lost to Boston in seven and were in it until the end. If Nick could be could change one thing about his approach to the series, what would it be? I'll give you the floor. I think he would change his level of trust in Marcus Gasol. Mm-hmm. I think that little stretch that we saw in Game Six, where he showed up for a little bit offensively, uh, if he could have bottled that for the entire series, that would have been amazing. But yeah, I, I think there were maybe more stretches where he would have gone to the small ball, knowing yeah. knowing what he knew after the fact. And yeah, that, that's something obviously you're not going to realize until you're sort of forced to turn to it. And maybe that's something he's like, oh, maybe that's something I should have looked at sooner. Because, you know, you think back, he, he showed a little flash of it in the Nets series, right? When he closed out that game two, I believe. Yeah. Uh, with, with the small lineup. And so maybe we could have seen that a bit sooner uh, and more often in this series i think i think if there's one thing i'd pick at is it's maybe that what about you yeah uh yeah i mean that's a good one for sure i you know it's hard to begrudge nurse for trusting gasol in a way because he's so valuable to the way they play defense Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of the things that we talk about with nurse and the multiple defenses that can throw out there all of it a lot of it is tied to how good marcus Gasol is is sort of calling those coverages as a coach on the floor through nurse and so I understand why there might have been some hesitance to shorten the leash on him. But that said, I agree. Like, I think it was proven in game six in particular that the small ball lineup worked. And also, I think even if they didn't go small, I think Serge Ibaka probably deserves some more run in that game seven. I mean, he was kind of one of their only finishers in the entire series. You could get a bucket when you needed it. And he didn't really see a ton of floor time, if any, in the second half, if I recall. And I I wonder if maybe if he could go back, if he'd just throw Ibaka out there a little bit more, too. Um, I think maybe too just sort of funneling the offense less through Fred Van Vliet and obviously it's hard because you know you have two point guards on the floor they're gonna alternate taking up the floor and and whatnot but I just kind of feel like there were times where Fred had too much of the run and I think a lot of the stickiness of the Raptors offense really was a symptom of Fred's over dribbling and we've talked about this on the Fred episode and things like that but you know, that I, I think was a big downfall for the Raptors offense in that Celtics series and really at, at times throughout the season when their when their half court offense would let them down. And I, I you know, obviously there wasn't much you could do on the final possession of game seven with Kyle having fouled out. Uh, so you couldn't run that possession through him. And I imagine it would have gone quite differently if he were in the game. But just the sort of, I think, the continued trust in really high leverage moments to have Fred kind of orchestrate things was maybe a little bit too extreme to me. Um, And that's, you know, it was still a balancing act. And and Kyle created just a lot on his own, right? And he would decide, okay, I got to score here because we need it. And he could kind of wrest control of the offense away from Fred when needed. But um, just sort of more of a clear hierarchy in those really important games of Kyle clearly being the guy to initiate stuff from the top. It's kind of like, you know, if the Clippers were playing and like, sure, Paul George is nice, but you probably want Kawhi running your stuff, you know, more often than not. 
as opposed to it being like a 50-50 trade-off. And that's kind of what happened at times, I felt, with Lowry and Van Vliet. And Nurse, you know, obviously there's only so much you control. He says play a free game, and he really encourages that. I don't think he's out there calling a ton of crazy offensive sets, and he's more or less just letting the guys flow, but uh, maybe taking a little bit more control. And I think we saw in that series when he did kind of control things, when they were calling sideline out-of-bounds plays, and when he did kind of put his imprint on the offense from the sideline, they were much better <laughs> because his sets are quite good. Kyle Lowry's a genius and they often start with Kyle Lowry. And I think that was something that uh, was a little bit lacking. Do you agree? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think the offense uh, was way too stagnant uh, too often in the series. And obviously a big part of that was Siakam not being the player that we've come to expect. And Marcus mm-hmm. all not being the player that we've come to expect. And and again, let's be clear, Norman Powell didn't really show up till game six either, right? Yeah. And so yeah. all those three three things in combination, I think, made life pretty difficult for Nurse in terms of his options. And I think again, that's where as opposed to maybe saying, Hey, these are the guys that I have my highest ceiling with, and so that's who I need to trust to figure it out maybe again you see a bit more of say a matt thomas who did well in 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 the limited minutes that he saw and uh yeah so maybe just a bit more flexibility there to try and open things up and find different ways in the moment uh because let's face it defensively he does that all the time right it's like hey one scheme's not working okay we're gonna go to the next one we're gonna go to the next one we're gonna go to the next one and so maybe with uh, with the offense he, he can bring a bit of that thinking to it as well, as opposed to saying, Hey, you know, let's be patient here. I, I, I get the value of patience as well, but maybe, you know, in hindsight, that's something he'll look at and say, Hey, maybe this is something uh, I can do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One other note too, I would add is uh, I bet Nick nurse, which is, which is he that like implemented a uh, Pascal Siakam post-up jar where every time Pascal posted up, uh, he had to put money into a jar. <laughs> because <laughs> that got out of hand. And I'm not sure how much Nurse was calling those. It's hard to tell, right? But like just from the broadcast. But yeah, um, yeah, implementing some sort of structure wherein Pascal Siakam post-ups against Jalen Brown were punished might have been a good call as well, considering how that series played out. A um, couple other uh, X's and O's questions before we get into some fun stuff to close out the show. This one here comes from David F. Uh, and he asks, a cornerstone of Nurse's success is having many different well-executed defensive schemes, as we've talked about, and switching among them for stretches or even per possession. One is a two-part question. Could he go even further on this or are we at a limit? And two, will the Raptors be less good at this without Marcus Gasol? Uh, I'll throw that to you first as well, Quebec. So the last part I'll go with first and say, Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's going to be very difficult to be as, you know, malleable and interchangeable between defensive schemes uh, without Marcus Gasol. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's going to be a a tough loss if if it happens. And I just think he's so smart. I think, you know, a regular Marcus Gasol, is exactly where he needs to be positionally all the time. He's a, he's a step or two ahead of the play all the time. And the value that brings in terms of Nick Nurse saying, okay, we're going to go to a box and one here. No, we're going to go to a triangle and two. Okay, let's, let's go, go to man now. All of those things. And, and, and Nurse has said he gives the players the freedom too when they see something to just switch out of it or go back into it uh, without him having to call it out, right? And so... I think Marcus Gasol is one of the players 
who's at the forefront of calling out that type of stuff because of what he's seen. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there, there'll be as much that he can turn to. And, and we see that when Serge Ibaka is on the court, right? Uh, with, with them leaning more towards the drop coverage and that type of thing and play, playing to an individual's strengths and trying to hide some weaknesses. And so that, again, is just a reminder of how good Mark is on that end of the floor. How much more creative can Nick get? I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past him to come up with something that's a, that's a, that's a bit more uh, crazy than what he's had so far. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I think, again, another thing that he'll probably look at uh, and review over the course of this off season. And this, this was my takeaway anyway, was maybe the whole, you know, extremely perfect scramble mode that results in a lot of co- corner threes is something that plays out over an 82 game season, or in this case, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever was a 70 game season. But when a playoff team that's planning for you knows that's the case, uh, maybe that's a little tougher to execute and mm-hmm. can make the difference because we saw just how many times the Raptors were getting killed with those corner threes, right? And so I think that's something that he needs to review and maybe change up in the scheme there. So that's maybe a change w- who we might see. And then again, you know, in terms of a playoff team knowing what to expect, it'll be those flyby contests. And yeah. you see how many times... Uh, those Boston Celtics players, they knew the flyby was coming and they weren't pump faking and stepping in to take a shot. That's that's what the Raptors are hoping for. They're saying, hey, these guys are flying by uh, so hard on their contests that I've got time to pump fake sidestep. So now I'm still taking a three-pointer and make it. And so again, that's another thing that Nick Nurse is going to have to review. And you know, there's, there's obviously still value in those flyby contests, but I think they've got to be more selective uh, with that type of stuff. And so maybe those are the two areas where uh, I could see Nick Nurse trying to change things up and uh, mm-hmm. adding adding some, adding some a new wrinkle to the way the Raptors defend. Yeah, I think that those are really good points, sort of constantly being adaptable and not getting too stuck in one thing that you know works, but maybe can be figured out either over the course of a season or in a playoff series or just kind of open you up to variance, which I think that defense, as you mentioned, kind of did with those corner threes and like a team that knows that's coming can, you know, arrange their players in a situation, in a position where they can put their best corner three point shooters in a position where it's difficult for you to sort of, uh, you know, compromise and help off of them and whatnot. Like smart teams will figure that out eventually. And that is a very like 82 game thing when there's a day to prepare for a team and you can kind of catch them off guard and funnel things to the people you want all the time. Um, also just good teams have fewer guys you want to funnel shots to is also the thing. And sometimes Marcus smart's going to hit 7,000 threes and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, yeah, and the thing too with the first part of this question from Dave is pretty tough to answer because c- kind of the thing with innovation is that you don't really know what the next step is. And I'm sure there will be at some point, whether it's rule changes or just sort of a, uh, a trend within the league that'll sort of necessitate some sort of creative alteration by Nurse. And I, I trust wholeheartedly that he'll be among the first guys 
on a bench to figure that out, whatever that alteration needs to be, and kind of be a trendsetter once again when it comes to that. And, you know, maybe he makes fancy new zones. Maybe it's like a five-out zone where uh, the entire defense is at center court uh, distracting the the other team or something. I don't know. (laughs) He'll get wild, I'm sure. Um, When it comes to the second part of the question, yeah, they'll be less good without Marcus Saul. That is until they trade up to the first overall pick and draft Xavier Tillman, uh, the only draft prospect I've ever cared about. Take him, have him be the uh, architect of your back back line of the defense forever, and uh, you'll be fine. Uh, Xavier Tillman, do it. I will keep saying this until the draft. Again, the only draft prospect I will ever and have ever cared about. Uh, Let's... uh, Continue on in just a second here, Big V. We'll have a couple of fun questions we'll get to to wrap up the show. But first, a reminder that Locked On NBA is covering you all through the offseason, whether it's draft coverage, whether it's free agency, whether it's rumors, whether it's breaking down Daryl Morey leaving the Rockets. Uh, all of it is being covered every single day over on Locked On NBA. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, Big V, couple fun questions to close things out here. First question comes from uh our pal s barahenny he asks if you had to design a three-piece suit for nick nurse what design are you going with uh so basically dress up nick nurse for a a high glitzy like thursday night tnt game against the bucks what's what are you getting nick nurse to wear so man you you mentioned tnt and the first thing that my mind goes to is that you know that blue suit that he had on for Craig Sager day against, Mm. against the warriors. So I'm liking that look. Uh, But I mean, if we're talking about an everyday look, maybe not that flashy, but I still think the, the Royal blue is, is a good look on him. So I'll go with that. And then, but you know what? I I think Nick nurse can go all the way with it because, uh, you know, he, he can get the vest going. He can get uh, a little time piece in, in the in the breast pocket going. And um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good look for him. So, you know, instead of looking up at the clock, he's just looking at his little time piece, trying to figure out, okay, what do I got here? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a challenge left. It's yeah. a little challenge ticker. Yeah. Um, I like I like that. I think for me, my favorite nurse look is the uh, the maroon suit he's got. Mm. Um, just it really really looks sharp. I think just sort of leaning more into that look. Maybe uh, dabbling in some sort of like checkerboard jacket to go with the maroon pants, perhaps um, could potentially be a way for him to go. But for the most part, that look is pretty timeless. And then yeah, just like mix up the shirt combinations. I think um, and maybe like a sort of like a paisley tire of some kind maybe mm. i don't know it's uh he he that that look to me is uh is the best one in his uh, very deep repertoire uh it's <laughs> and sometimes i miss dwayne casey because his suits were funny and big uh yeah it's 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 it is a. Uh, it's a little just sort of uh, you get accustomed to seeing like a well-dressed coach at the sideline i will say too um 
I I still have not gotten over and haven't been able to stop thinking about Kevin Artovitz's rant about Brad Stevens and how he can't dress worth a shit and the clear disparity even in the way that, that like Nick Nurse rocked polos versus uh, Brad Stevens with his like oversized zip ups uh, like it's very clear the disparity not only in the quality of the two coaches but uh, in the way they dress as well so uh, I, that that's a that's a good thing to have on your side if you're a Raptors fan. Last one here comes from Chrissy Myers. Uh, wonderful so wait, question. Before, before, oh, yeah, sorry. Before we get yeah, to that, so important yeah. question. Are you team Nick Nurse, suit Nick Nurse, or polo Nick Nurse? It's suit Nick Nurse, man. Okay. I, I, yeah, the polos, the pink ones were not the f- most flattering. I also don't know, maybe Nurse had some, uh, like, carrying a little extra on him, I thought, maybe, just kind of being in the bubble. Like, how could you not? <laughs> just kind of doing nothing every day. Mm. Um, I think he's probably looking forward to, but he like, was going a real for those bike rides every day, man. That's true, that's true. But he wasn't doing the Mike Malone bike rides where he was biking and then also doing push-ups in the middle of the rides. <laughs> at least there were no reports on that. So, um, But, yeah, I think Nurse is going to be excited to get back to suits, for sure. Yeah. Uh, in a way that Brad Stevens will not, because Brad Stevens looks like... Uh, He's going to a wedding, his first ever wedding in like eighth grade. <laughs> and he <laughs> just had to get like the cheapest suit and they don't want to spend too much because he's about to hit his growth spurt type of thing. Yeah, uh, bad stuff. Anyway, bad Stevens forever. Let's uh, wrap this up with a question from Chrissy Myers. Uh, well, maybe we imagine this question as though we're putting together a five song burned CD, which is a classic, if I recall. Um Chrissy asks, what are some songs you think belong on a Nick Nurse mixtape? Uh, Vivek, do you have any suggestions? Wow. Um, I mean, I, you you got to have Drake's Big Rings on there. <laughs> yep, that's that's all, one we can throw in there for all, sure. All, all Nick Nurse has done is win championships everywhere he's gone, so I feel like that's an automatic. Um, mm-hmm. I'll throw the next one to you and come back with something else. Yeah. I think, uh, well, so people may recall he came out on stage at an Arkell show uh, like a week after the NBA championship was won last year, and he jammed along with the Arkells to a cover of Stevie Wonder's Sign, Sealed, Delivered, I'm Yours. So I'm going to put that on there as one of the options just because that's that was a wonderful evening. No one expected it at all. They just brought him out, and people went fucking bad shit <laughs> it, it ruled so that song will forever be associated with nick nurse for me um i, I think, mean i guess there has to be an arkell song on there too yeah yeah i, I think september's got to be on there uh earth okay, Wonder Mars, yeah. september because oh yeah because 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 his first training camp that's that he was blasting that pretty much every day right i remember reading that's that true that's true so that's got to yeah. be on there were people like roasting him for it <laughs> i think so but what are you yeah. gonna say now yeah, who cares? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pull up the Arkells uh, like song inventory just to kind of. I, I know there are a few that could work, but there's maybe like. Uh, oh, oh, the boss is coming. Could work for sure. He's the boss. He's the coach. He's the boss man. Um, he's working his his team to the bone when they're out there. So yeah, oh, the boss is coming by Arkells, and then we're, we got one more song to add to the playlist here to this burn CD. That will get played over and over and over in, uh, I guess, your car from 2006. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's big on he's big on jazz, so I guess you can have like some Miles Davis on there. Oh yeah. Oh, I was gonna suggest I I thought of one earlier. Um, he's also like a guitar guy. I was wondering if maybe he just like 
puts together a mix of like all of Nell's Klein from Wilco's best uh, like solos just onto one track. So he'll just take like the one from Impossible Germany, Germany, the one from Art of Almost, the one from uh, Handshake Drugs uh, via Chicago. Just put all those into one long track and just listen to the solos. No, no mm. lyrics. He's you know he likes Jeff Tweedy just fine, but he can take or leave the lyricism, and he just wants Nels Klein wailing away. I would want that. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to see in the world is Nels Klein in person wailing away. So um, it's a six song track then, uh, or, or burn CD we put together here. Uh, I think that's a good place to leave it, man. This was a lot of fun. Nick Nurse is a lot of fun to talk about. The people love Nick Nurse. We got so many good questions. Sorry if we did not get to your question about Nick Nurse, but uh, there are a lot of good ones in the mix. Uh, Big V, you've got stuff to plug. Plug away. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, uh, my buddy and I, Carl, uh, we've decided to launch a Manchester United podcast. And big part is because, you know, we've kind of been friends for uh, pretty much a decade now. And we've sort of broken down United games and watched a bunch together. And we figured, hey, why not? And, yeah, I, if you're a United fan, I would strongly recommend listening in. If, if you've enjoyed listening to me on any level on these podcasts or wherever else I've been and check it out. Carl's got a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Manchester United and sports in general. Um, I think he's one of those guys that could just as easily be doing this career if he wanted to. And, you know, it wasn't some big time engineer, but uh mm-hmm. Yeah, check it out. See what you think, and we'd love uh, a subscription, some ratings, some reviews. Uh, take all the feedback we can get right now, because obviously we want to be pretty good at this. Besides Where that, you can will find the podcast. You can. Uh, so the name of the podcast Red, Red Couch Manx. You can mm-hmm. find it on Twitter at Red Couch Manx. You can find it uh, where wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Spotify or Anchor. It's mainly listed on Anchor right now. Um, and so, yeah, that's where you can find it. I'll be posting all, all the episodes on my Twitter as well. Uh, so you can follow me at Vivek M. Jacob and stay tuned for more. We'll, 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 we'll be doing post-match reactions, uh, after every premier league game, after every champions league game, FA cup, will you name it? Will every match will have a reaction. And so the first match United are playing out of the break is this Saturday. And so we'll have one after that. Proper, proper footy podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I look forward to tuning in after Spurs beat Man U uh, horribly next time they play, uh, <laughs> as they did the previous time. Six one. If you uh, if you didn't know the score, six one. Unbelievable. Six one. Anyway, that is going to do it for today's show. Big thanks to Big Velvet for jumping on the podcast. You can find me <laughs> at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can support the entire Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day covering the teams that you love most with a local expert. Get on it right now and uh, have a wonderful weekend on Monday. We're going to continue our player review portion of the 2019-20 season review and talk about Serge Ibaka with Ashley Docking, who we're very excited to have on the podcast for the first time. So stick around for that on Monday. Thank you so much and have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you again very soon with another episode of Locked On Raptors.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.